0: Hello. This is uh, Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then, the, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth.
1: Oh, Heavenly Father, uh, my heart is just overflowing with joy and just these songs that we sing to you, Father, Um, I'll say it again. You are worthy, worthy, worthy of all praise, glory, honor, and just worship, Lord. And I just ask, Father, that you just please flood this building, flood the the surroundings of this building, Lord, with your presence. Any weary souls or hearts that may be in this building right now, Lord, I just pray that you just just revitalize them. I know there's a lot of that going on right now, and uh, but Lord, you are the master, the perfecter of breaking down those barriers and just uplifting us. So stir our hearts and just lift up our chins to you, Lord. And if anyone in here that doesn't know uh, that about you, let it be known. So, Lord. Just be here with us, and I just uh, I just want to pray for JT as he's about to come up here and to speak your word, Lord. Speak to us through him. Let his words be your words, Father. We love you so so much, very dearly, Lord. And just thank you that you've given this this beautiful Sunday to gather together to praise your name and all these things. We pray in your Son's name, in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: morning, church family. Uh, really quickly, if you didn't grab one on the way in, I think we're a little late in getting them out. We have some worship guides available, and so if you want a guide, it helps take notes and has some announcements and stuff on there. Just go ahead and raise your hand. Gonzo, Dolores, thank you for helping pass those out. Um, for those that don't know, my name is JT. I'm not usually the one up here, um, but I've been asked this morning to, uh, to teach us through this month's Sum of Ascent. Um, And if you weren't aware already, we've been taking the first Sunday of every month to go through uh, the Psalms of Ascent. We've been teaching through a different one. And it's really just been a sweet time for us as a body to come together and to to read the Psalm of Ascent, to uh, kind of center our hearts, look up to God, worship Him, and praise Him as we begin our month. So that's been kind of a sweet rhythm that we've had, and we'll have more to come after this. Um, Really quickly on the front end, again, uh, just thanks for being here. And if you're new today, I just want to invite you, after this... Uh, after our service immediately following, we're going to have lunch available. Um, just an opportunity to, to get to know you a little bit more, uh, get to hear some of your story, and then you'll get to hear a little bit about us and who we are, um, and just kind of talk about what some next steps are in um, partnering with us as a family. So thanks for being here. Um, and so, yeah, before we get started, uh, I wanted to go ahead and just uh, say that it's been a privilege and a joy to, to prepare uh, for this talk. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. I'm excited to get there, but um, I'm just going to pray one more time that God would speak. So, Yeah, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, just for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that illuminates it and that breathes life over it, God. I just pray that um, that you would come right now, God, that you would uh, speak through me, Lord, that it would be clear and make sense. And God, I pray for everybody in this room, Lord, um, that you would remove distractions, that you would just open up their ears and soften their hearts, God, that you um, would deliver whatever message you have for each of us personally today, God. Um, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're here. And just pray um, that you would just continue to move in power throughout this time. And we pray that in your name, Jesus. So, in the summer of 2017, um, some friends of, I, of mine and, and myself, um, some of those guys are in this room, they won't be mentioned, uh, but we uh, decided to set out on a on an adventure. And so we uh, planned a five-day, four-night, 25-mile loop backpacking trip in the Weminuche Wilderness in southern Colorado. And uh, so we had been preparing, and we got there. We set out day one um, and hit the trail. We got our packs on, all of our gear, and we just kind of hit the ground running. We're excited. And, you know, lots of talk, uh, lots of excitement and jokes being made. Um, we make it about a, a little more than a mile into the trail that day. Um, and it's been pretty level. It's actually been some decline, so it's been really nice. Uh, and, and we've gone just over a mile, and we stop, and we're kind of like, hey, I think we've missed our turn. We were supposed to cut off and head up the mountain, and so we just weren't sure. And so thankfully, about that time, we crossed um, some guys that had pack horses, and they were um, doing some trail riding out there, and uh, they informed us that we did, in fact, just miss our turn. Thankfully, we weren't far. Um, and they told us the reason we missed it was because the Forest Service Actually hadn't gotten out there yet to clear that trail for this the years. It was pretty early in the year, in the summer, and so uh, they kind of advised, hey, you know, it hadn't been cleared, so you may not want to do it. And we were like, well, don't worry, we're young bucks, we got this. And uh, so we went for it. So we doubled back, found our little trail that we were going to go on, and it and truly it just it was like a bunny trail into the woods. It was just like, uh, is that? Uh huh. Okay. All right. This is it. GPS confirms it. Let's go. Let's head up the mountain. And uh, so again, still in much excitement. Uh, head out and continue on. And um, we knew going into it that day one was going to be a tough day for us. We actually kind of planned for it to be a day that we, you know, uh, cover a lot of ground, specifically elevation, so that the back of the trip would be a, a real long, fun descent. Um, and so it was going to be shorter in mileage than some of our other days, but um, the ground we would cover was going to be about five miles, but it was going to be about 5,000 feet of elevation gain, and I don't know if you know much about topography, um, but usually when there's a large amount of elevation gain and a relatively short amount of distance, that means there's a steep incline, okay? So uh, we begin out, and we just start this steep incline, and and it's just, you know, like stairs, you know, just this slow and steady uphill, and... uh, we start up the way, um, and we come across our first barrier, and we find a tree in the, across the path that's fallen. And this is very common in winter, ice and the storms that hit, the trees fall, um, and that's what the trail service is for. Uh, and they come and they clear these things. But we see one tree, and we're like, hey, we're okay, we got it. We conquer the tree. We go over it, we go under it. It's a little bit challenging to do when you've got 40 pounds of you know, gear on your back, um, but we, we make it through, right? And so we keep on. And what we didn't realize is the, the warning we got that the journey was going to be difficult um, was a good warning because not only did we cross that one tree, um, but we truly that day, we, we passed dozens and dozens of down trees on this staircase up the mountain. And so, uh, and in just in sections, it was like tree, 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 tree. Like it wasn't just like spread out. And if you've ever done anything like this, if you've ever gone on a really long run or, or if you've, you know, done long trails, uh, hikes like this, um, one of the things you want to do is you just want to get into a zone and you want set to set a pace and slow and steady, just cover ground. Um, because as soon as you have to stop and you decide, oh, I'm going to just take a rest or you come against a barrier and it slows you down, your brain actually tells your body, hey, we're resting. So it just kind of starts to shut down. It's like, we're going to Relax. Um, it's not used to that sustained level of strenuous activity. And so uh, you just try and set a, set a pace and go, but every time you hit one of these trees, it just mentally is just this exhaustion because your brain is like, sit down, rest, take your pack off. And it's like, nope, we're going over, we're going under, we're doing this jungle gym, you know, obstacle course up this mountain. And, uh, and again, if you're not familiar with this, one of the things that happens is actually, it's really fascinating, it's cool, um, but it's, it's intriguing the way that your mind just, it shuts out everything. And you end up getting to this point, again, we're, I mean, we're halfway up this mountain, we're huffing and puffing because we're, not, we're from Texas, not a lot of elevation here, uh, plenty of oxygen, you get up that high, oxygen gets thin, it's a lot harder to breathe. And so we're huffing and puffing, it's day one, we're not fully acclimated, we've got our packs on, and we're getting tired. Many of us ha- don't have a lot of experience doing this, and so, you know, we've got borrowed gear, we've got, uh, you, you know, some old used gear, not the best of the equipment that we need uh, to make it a little easier. Our packs are twice as heavy as they should be, um, and so we're, uh, we're struggling, um, but your mind goes to this place, and you dig down deep, and it's just crazy. It's like blinders come up, and you just, it's funny the things, the thoughts that come in your mind, and you just kind of go to the space where nothing else is, is matters, and you're just, you're stewing on some interesting things that, like, the whole motivation is to take one more step and to ultimately get to your destination, Right. And, um, and so, by the grace of God, we made it to the end of day one. We got just above tree line. We set up camp just before dark. And uh, so, it's dark, and we're eating our meals, our freeze-dried backpacking meals, and uh, sitting around the fire. And uh, I asked Landon, uh, who led worship, if I could use him as an example. And so, uh, he's the only one that's going to be named today besides myself. Uh, but he actually started to share some around the fire about this place that his mind had gone and, and one of the strange things that came to his mind. And it was, he kind of chuckled and was intrigued that uh, what he was reminded of as he was struggling and wanting to quit and, and wanting to sit down uh, and everything in his body was telling him to stop. Uh, one of the funny things that come to mind as, an, as a grown man was this phrase that his dad had said to them as kids growing up. Um, and he, the, the phrase was, Barry Hills never quit. And it was a simple phrase. But it was a phrase that held identity, you know, as Berry Hills, we don't do this. We continue on, we don't quit. Um, and that phrase had been something that was told when, you know, in sporting events, uh, when homework was hard, when chores needed to be done, and they were, you know, not, not getting it completed. Barry Hills never quit. And it was this phrase that had been repeated time and time again that had helped remind him that it was possible and that he had overcome. And so it was this funny thing that on this, as a grown man, on this backpacking trip, his dad's voice was in his ear saying, "Barry Hills never quit. And he kind of stewed on this and used it as a reminder to just keep taking those steps and to not quit. And that was the truth that he meditated on to help him arrive at his destination. And it's just, it's a funny story, but it reminds me, as I started reading this Psalm 124, Um, That this is, in a lot of ways, a similar uh, situation to what the the, uh, Jews, the Israelites are in as they're ascending this long journey up to Jerusalem. Um, And they're singing these songs, they're reciting this truth just as a way to help them get to their destination. To know, um, to not turn to the left or to the right, to not rest, to not um, be overcome by the dangers on the road, um, but to arrive at their destination. And so, as I began to read and reread the Psalm uh, 124 in preparation for this talk, um, I was confronted with these three questions, and we're going to kind of walk through those today. Um, but initially, it's just, what is it really saying? And do I even agree with that? And if what they're saying is true, then what does that mean for me? And so, uh, if you're a right-brained person like me, I'm not the creative type. I'm kind of practical and, you know, give me lists, give me uh, do's and don'ts and stuff that's clear. Uh, if you're a right-brained like me, maybe that first question you really relate to. Like, what is this even saying? Like, I don't understand this poetry. Uh, if you're left brain. You maybe loved it, and you're like, oh, that was beautiful. What a beautiful song they sang. Um, and, and, you know, you, you might really relate to it. But before you guys take the liberty of interpreting what the song means, let's just make sure that we understand, like, who was singing it and why were they singing it. Um, and we'll kind of understand that together. And as many of you in the room know, um, the Psalms is this book in the Bible that's actually a collection of all of these songs, these poems, and these prayers. Um, And the the whole focus of the Psalms, the whole reason it's put together and in the Word, is simply to lead us into worship and praise of our God. Um, And specifically, the way that Psalm 124 does this is King David is the author, and, and he's writing it. Um, just with a, the memory of, of a deliverance that he was brought, where God delivered him from a, from a difficult situation. Um, we're not specific which one that was, uh, but if you've been reading along with us in the 90-day Bible plan, uh, we just got done reading David, and we saw time and time and time again when God was his deliverer from caves and from battles and from sin, um, God delivered him. And so uh, this is his reflection. This is a song that he wrote as a testimony that God is for his people, and then he's where our help comes from. And, uh, And just again as a reminder, we've been walking through these Psalms of Ascent, so some of you have heard this, but if you're new in the room, the Psalms of Ascent is just this this collection of of songs that were strung together uh, for the sake of all of these Jews as they're on that journey that I was talking about, headed to Jerusalem from all these surrounding towns and villages, um, heading to Jerusalem for the Day of Atonement, where their sins, sacrifices would be made and their sins were covered for for the year. It was a very important day, the most important day of the year for them. But the journey was long. And Jerusalem set atop this hill, and so they would ascend this mountain and begin to go along the way. And along the way, there was robbers, and there was dangers, and the, you know, again, weather doesn't always cooperate, um, they've got families, and there's all these opportunities to stop and to worship false gods or to stay in places that were not where the temple was, where worship should happen um, in this day and age. And so they were singing these songs as one collective body um, to remind themselves of the truth. That God's Word says to help them get to their destination. And we've looked at some of these that help them stay away from false idols and, um, you know, not, you know, not fall to the left or the right. And we're going to continue to look at some of those in the months to come. But specifically today, um, we're looking at this, this song of a testimony of God's deliverance and that as people are remembering um, to help them navigate the journeys uh, or the difficulties of their journey. And this is all just helpful context for us to understand. But if you're like me, it's a little bit like, cool, Now, you know, good to understand the song, but, like, how does this relate to me? Because I'm not a Jew. I'll never make this trek to Jerusalem. I mean, I'd love to one day. Uh, But, you know, I don't have this Day of Atonement that I respond and and go to. Um, And so how is this, you know, practical? What what does this mean for me? And the most helpful thing for me, as I understood, um, kind of reading through this passage and learning more about it, is that really we're all on our own spiritual journey. Um, Every one of us in this room, whether we're just here exploring faith, Um, or whether you've been a Christian for a long time, um, you have a journey. You've been on a journey and you're continuing on this journey of exploring who is God and what does he want? What am I supposed to do? How do I faithfully follow him or don't? Um, And in the same way, uh, we can sing these songs together and remind us of the truths of God to help us get through our journey. Um, And so this is all just helpful context um, that's going to help us. And I just... I want us to remember this as we continue on through our talk today, um, this journey that we're on and, and how it applies to us. But just to help complete the whole picture of, of what the author and those singing along are really saying here, let's take a closer look um, just at the types of struggles that are being described here. Again, if you're like me, you didn't totally catch like, the practical understanding of the type of struggle that they're saying. Um, and two pictures are used here by the author to describe um, the, the types of trials that they faced. Um, and as much as there are some literal examples of deliverance, they're really, again, using poetry to give us a word picture of the types of struggles, the, the baskets and collection of different types of struggles that could be understood. And so uh, today we look at verse 3, it says, then they would have swallowed us up alive. And again, he's specifically talking about men and their, them overtaking them, but the picture that's given there, given there is being swallowed up alive. And it's like this beast or this, this uh, sea monster that comes and, dev- and just swallows its prey whole and just devours it. And again, this is just a picture that's used to, de- to describe the type of struggle that they were going through, that they had experienced, that they were reflecting on in their past. It was an all-consuming struggle. They were swallowed up completely by it. That It was this overwhelming moment. Just, again, a picture floating adrift in the sea and a sea monster. I mean, you have no power. You're not stopping it. You're not running away from it. You're just getting swallowed up. Um, and that's the type of struggle that they're describing, that, that it was that difficult that it had been that hard, um, and so they were they were feeling the the weight of um, just this this all-consuming despair, total darkness. Um, and the other picture that's given here um, is in verses four and five that talk about the flood and that it swept them away, um, that the the raging waters and the torrent had just it, completely over the head. They were drowning, um, and again. This would have made a lot of literal sense to them. They would have immediately, uh, as Jews, living in this dry, arid desert um, with, again, a lot of, it was a hill country, a lot of topography. And they would understand that not even when you're, like, not even raining on you directly, but it could be raining miles away. And the way that the the ground worked there is that when it, it would rain, all of the water would run because of these hills and these, the different valleys and the way that gravity would pull this water together and the dryness and the rock of the, the ground, all that water would funnel into these channels. If you've been to West Texas or New Mexico or one of these uh, desert countries, you've seen some of these cuts in the ground, and it's like flat, 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 and this big cut, and it's flat, and like you see them kind of up in the hills. Um, but it would rain, and these waters would all funnel into one spot. And again, without being announced, a flash flood would flow through the area, and if you or your stuff was in the way, it would just be swept away. And so, again, the, what they're describing here uh, in this difficulty is that there is no escaping their struggles. The trauma, the, the devastation, there was no escaping it. It was unannounced, and it was like it just took them off their feet. And they, they, they had no control over it. And, again, the sudden and complete devastation of the nature of the difficulties that they're describing is overwhelming. Um, and so, again, just what's being described here is not a temporary disruption to a privileged life. It's the worst of the worst. Worst. It encompasses every type of trial. So anything that you might feel of like, oh, well, I'm not, I don't relate to the flood, I don't, I'm not going to be swallowed up by a monster, or people aren't trying to kill me. No, they're capturing the, the whole of, of what struggle is, the type that overwhelms you and swallows you up into total darkness, and the type that comes out of nowhere and blindsides you. You can see here that the power of this testimony is strengthened when we understand the all-encompassing nature of the suffering that's described. The truth that God is for us and that he is where our help comes from is not flippantly mentioned as if on a bumper sticker or a coffee mug. It is remembered and proclaimed as objectively true and historically proven for the Israelites here. The songwriter is not expressing some silver lining found in the midst of a storm cloud. It's much, much more than that. They have experienced all-consuming trauma and devastation. The loss, this inescapable loss, and yet they are declaring that they were not abandoned. God didn't just leave them there. He helped. He was for them. And one final point, just to understand, that this testimony is, is not just the account of one person. This isn't just King David's deliverance. Um, but Eugene, Eugene Peterson uh, coined this quote, and uh, he communicates it well in this commentary. Um, But he says, reflecting on the first half of this psalm, um, the witness is vivid and contagious. One person announces the theme. Everyone joins in. God's help is not a private experience. It is a corporate reality, not an exception that occurs among isolated strangers, but the norm for among all of God's people. That's powerful. It's not just one person's story. And if you're a child of God, you understand that this is the story of God's people. And so the totality of these two pictures, it's gripping, and it's relatable uh, to each of us. And I know that there's a lot of people in this room that have experienced something like this in their past. Again, these, at least one, if not both, of these two categories of suffering. Um, and some of you guys are in the midst of it now. Um, but let's keep going, because the song isn't over. Um, verses 6... Through the end, say, Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird. From the snare of the fowlers, the snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The beauty of this song finds its climax in verse 6, where it's declared, Blessed be the Lord. How can this be? How can they say that? You see, the trauma and the trials are not actually the subject of the psalm. They're only its setting. The subject is help and where or rather who it comes from. And if you hear nothing else to say, if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear God's word saying that he is for you and he's where where your help comes from. And I know that this statement, uh, you know, leads us to ask the question like, do I even agree with that? I hear you saying that that's true, JT, but do I even agree with that? Um, because I know that this statement contradicts all of our culture around us. Um, you know, if you, if you ask the world around you, uh, you know, is God for you or, or who can you trust? Like, is, you know, where do you find your help? Um, you would hear probably phrases like this, the only person you can really trust is you. Or maybe uh, you've heard this before. I know I have. If there is a God, at best, he set the whole world into motion, but he's uninvolved and he definitely doesn't care about you or me. Or maybe just where you're at today or what your, these thoughts um, in your mind are, uh, is a little bit more of like, or excuse me. Um, you know, again, if we were to ask the culture, where does help come from? Um, what are some things that we would hear? Maybe like my well-paying, my well-paying job, you know, my career it has got me. Or government aid. Or my parents, college students in the room, anybody? Amen. Um, modern medicine might be where you look to for your help or uh, or a degree or really a lot of those if we boil it down myself is where my help comes from that's who i can trust um, and we put it all on us and i know that immediately when i say this statement of god is for us and he's where our help comes from that we're just bombarded in our minds with things that are questioning that can't be true it's not to be trusted And maybe some of those thoughts that are coming to your mind uh, are, that may be true for you, JT, but it's not true for me. God doesn't, God's not for me. You know, yeah, okay, pastors and super Christians, yep, God's for them, but I've done too much. He can't be for me. Or maybe you resonate with, how can you say that when natural disasters or world pandemics or atrocious hate crimes continue to happen? How can God be for us? Or maybe what resonates with you today is how can you be so sure? How do you know that God is really for us and that's where our help comes from? And I just want to tell you these questions, these, these things that we wrestle with as we come to God's word, it's okay. It's okay. They're valid. And I just want to validate that to you today. If you're struggling with one of those or any of those or all of those thoughts, it's okay to wrestle with that. And I just tell you, as, as I came to this text um, I just felt led to write a list of things that I'd just been struggling with for the last two years because things that I've been through have led me to question these very truths. I've come out of a season, I'm, I'm in a season in ways of asking, God, are you really good? Do you even hear my prayers? Are you really for me? And maybe you are too. But for me, as I wrote down some, I, I felt led to share some of them today. And I, I share them not for it to be anything about me, but for you to understand that you're not alone and that we all have things, and that we all wrestle with these doubts. And so a little over two years ago, um, my wife and I had been trying uh, to conceive and have a baby, and um, after a lot of trying and and, uh, some testing, uh, I was diagnosed with idiopathic infertility. And that's just modern medicine's way of saying, we don't know why, but you're probably not going to have kids. And we all know that a little, almost two years ago now, that the novel coronavirus, a.k.a. COVID-19, hit the world, and we went into shutdown, and what we didn't know then is that we, what we know now, that almost two years and counting later, the world that we knew would change. The decisions that we would have to make over that journey would be difficult, and we've all wrestled with it, whether we've had it or whether we've known someone that's had it. There's been a lot of loss, um, and, and even for my wife and I, God worked an incredible miracle, and and we conceived. (laughs) And it was an amazing pregnancy all the way through um, until the very end. And uh, we went to one of our our final checkups, and uh, they told us some numbers didn't add up, that things weren't looking good, and that we needed to go next door and uh, go ahead and and have an emergency induction. And uh, we're first-time parents. This was all new for us. Um, And they're telling us that uh, my wife is... Uh, that she has preeclampsia, which I knew nothing about. Um, but they're just telling us that the number one risk here is, is loss of my wife. Um, and so we go next door, and one thing leads to another. We're induced, and it's everything against what we had planned for and what we had hoped for. Um, because of COVID, nobody could be there, and so it was her and I. Um, thankfully, my sister-in-law, and uh, she was our doula, and she was in the room. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, God brought us through. We had a, a healthy pregnancy, uh, I mean, a healthy delivery um, uh, despite the difficulties of it. Um, my wife was amazing and, and rocked it. Um, and we had our son, but even because of the emergency induction, some things that they have to do, um, there were some complications, and so we had to stay longer than what we had expected. And again, as new parents, this was just all new for us, and we couldn't have our people there with us. And so um, that, was, that was challenging, and even just having a newborn baby in the midst of a pandemic that we're still learning about um, was hard. There's a lot of decisions that we had to make through that that were, that were not easy. And, uh, and even just this last, this last summer, uh, my grandfather, an incredible man of God, um, went into the hospital with COVID and didn't come out. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was difficult as our family uh, mourned and grieved his, his death but celebrated that he's in heaven um, and that we look forward to meeting him again one day. Um, and as many of you know, uh, our community walked alongside some dear friends. As their daughter was diagnosed with brain cancer, and as she left us too soon, again we look forward to seeing her again one day. Um, but we, as a community, we all wrestle A lot of us wrestled through that, and uh, even this past month. Um, right before I began, I found out that I was going to be teaching. Um, a friend of ours reached out and informed us that, that he and his wife were getting an unexpected, like we, it was, un- it was unannounced to us, um, that they were going to go ahead and get a divorce. And we've just been walking through them these last few weeks as I've even read through this. That God is our help. He's for us. And some sweet friends of ours um, just committed to the Lord and his work. Uh, and they're, they're going through a messy divorce. And that we're just walking with them and seeing um, just the mess and the difficulty of a family being separated. And so I just want to relate and tell you that I understand uh, whatever it is that you come with today that's the baggage of the suffering and difficulty, whether it's the last two years, whether it's your whole life, I understand, and I just want you to know you can wrestle with these questions. And we as believers, we don't have to put our, our emotions to side, to the side. We don't to say, oh, i got to suck it up. Just have faith what God's Word says is true. No, we can wrestle through these questions. And what we do is we bring these uh, to God's Word. We don't just dismiss them. And we don't just rely on our subjective truth. Well, this is what I can see, and so that must be, you know, God must not be good. That's what I felt at times. But what we do with this is we seek to believe the objective truth of God's Word. We take all of what we see to be true, and we bring it to God's Word, and we say, hey, above what I understand, I'm finite. But God, what you understand, what you see, what you've said by your Holy Spirit through your Word is true. And so I'm going to ask, Lord, would you help me to believe this? And so I just want to do that as we wrap up together um, we're going to consider that question. If what they're saying is true, then what does that mean for me? And some of you, I know there's a lot of people in this room, some of you uh, hear this story, this testimony of God, and you relate. I mean, you've gone through suffering, and you've seen God carry you through it. And I just want to praise God with you today. That's incredible. And, and we should sing the song of that story, that testimony, and we should remember it as the Israelites have that it would help us not just look back and and celebrate our past, um, but it would help us in our present, our struggles, the journey that we're on right now, and then it would help us as we have a future journey that we're continuing on. We haven't made it to our destination yet. God hasn't returned. He hasn't called us home. And so let's let that truth, like the Israelites, ring true for the rest of our journey. Um, and, And just we need to share that testimony. It's a testimony of God's goodness. But I know, on the other hand, that there's, Other people in this room, that maybe you've been through the trial. You've gone through struggle and difficulty. You've had trauma. And uh, maybe God didn't help you like you had asked. Maybe you're struggling to believe that he's really for you. And some of you, you're in the midst of the flood right now. And uh, you're being swallowed up, consumed by the difficulties that you're in. And whatever it is that you're struggling with, it's like the flood. It's just swept you off your feet. And you feel like the waters are coming over your head. And if you relate to either of those last two that I said, I just want to say I'm sorry. And I can't say that I've been in your exact circumstances, but I can tell you that I've, I've been in the flood, I've been in the torrent of the raging waters. Um, and I just want to say, too, before you leave today, uh, Tim's going to come up after I talk, uh, one of our elders, and we, just, we want to pray with you, and we want to care for you in any way that we can. Again, I just acknowledge that where you're at, if you're struggling with that today, like it's difficult, it's not easy. But my prayer for all of us today, no matter where we're at in our journey, um, is that we would understand the end of this song that was written, that we're meditating on today. Verse 8, it says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. (laughs) Guys, catch this. The creator God made heaven and earth, filled it, everything in it, every star you see, everything on this earth, he made it all. And he made you and he made me. And what does he say? That he cares about our suffering. He cares about whatever you're in, and he's moving towards you. He doesn't abandon us in our suffering. He's moving towards you. And you may even hear that and say, but how can I trust that? How do you know? And I just want to read verse 7 to you because it's kind of this beautiful illusion that maybe they didn't understand fully when they wrote it. But we look back in light of Jesus' death on the cross, and we read verse 7 much differently. And says, we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Guys, God has already overcome our greatest suffering. The creator God, the same God that created you and me, he saw us in our suffering of sin when we were overwhelmed, when we were swallowed up in sin. And if it wasn't for Jesus, that sin would have swept us away into eternal damnation and hell. The waters would have overcome us. But Jesus, he escaped. He broke the snare of sin and death. The beast, the flood, they're no more if you believe in Jesus. He broke the snare. And he's draw, he, he escaped so that he could lead us out. He's drawing us out of the snare that we're in, that we're entrapped in. Uh, John 8, 34 through 36 is going to be up here on the screen. Um, But Jesus is talking to uh, the religious leaders and he's saying stuff like that they're enslaved and that he can set them free and they're struggling with that. They're like, I'm not, I'm not, like how can you say I'm not free? And Jesus' words say, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. God's son has broken the snare, and he has set us free. And if we believe in him, we will be free indeed. He says the sun remains. The, 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 the entrapment, the sin, doesn't remain. But the sun remains. And I love, as this verse says, and, and again, the Israelites are remembering preemptively, looking forward, and we look retrospectively, but they, he says in verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And Paul in Acts, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to teach about who Jesus is, and this is what he says of Jesus in Acts 4, verse 12. And there is, no, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The Creator God gave us a name, His Son Jesus, to overcome whatever's swallowing us up, whatever's sweeping us away, and once and for all rescue us, from eternal sin and damnation. Blessed be the Lord. I get it now. I can understand what the psalmist is singing. I can understand on my journey. It's different. My journey is different than yours. Your journey is different than mine. But we can sing, "Blessed be the name of the Lord," not because of what we're in the midst of right now. He wants to help us in that. How much more? Does he want to help us in our daily struggle, and the trauma and the difficulty of this life? How much more does he want to help us in that if he's helped us in overcoming our greatest fear, our greatest struggle? And so I just ask you today, have you received Jesus? Have you received his help to escape the snare of sin and the difficulty um, that he's eternal? If not, do it today. Don't wait. And if you have, if you have, sing loudly the song of his help so that everyone would know that they can be free to. And I just want to tell you today, wherever you're at, whatever flood, whatever beast is swallowing you up, We worship you, God, not because you've kept us from our suffering in this life, but we worship you that you see us in it, and you're with us. You don't abandon us. You're for us. You are where our hope comes from. God, I pray for those that have experienced that, Lord, as I have experienced that in many different ways in different seasons of my life you have carried me through. God, would you let me sing loudly the testimony of your help? God, that I would not keep to myself the good news of what you've done for me, but that everyone around me would know, everyone that's being swallowed up, this world is in turmoil. We're struggling. Suicide rates are at an all-time high. God, we're being swallowed up into, into darkness. Things are coming out of nowhere and sweeping us away. God, I pray, Lord, would you let everyone here today know that you are for them and that you are their help and that in a moment of them reaching out to you, you're not necessarily going to take them out of it. You might. You might choose that. God, you're a God who heals. You're a God who redeems. You're a God who rescues. You care about our present realities, Lord. You cared so much that you, moved, you left heaven and came down to be in them with us. Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus knowing that he's going to heal him and, and resurrect him from the dead. He knows he knows what what you're gonna, what his father's going to do to save him. But he still weeps because he sees the suffering. He hates it as much as we do if not more. And so, God, I pray that you would move into our hearts today, God, that you would help us see you in the midst of suffering. God, I pray for the stories that have had suffering and and been through trauma and cried out to you and they didn't see you. They didn't understand your help. They didn't feel like you were for them. God, I pray that they would receive your word today that is true, not just is experientially true, but the word that is outside of experience. It's outside of time. It's from the author that says that he is for you and he is where our help comes from. God, I pray that they would feel your help today, that they would experience your presence, that they would be healed of these past struggles and that you would move them forward. And God, for those that are in the midst of it, God, if they're in you, if they know who you are, if they're a follower of you, God, I pray that they would remind themselves, God, that you would bring to mind the ways that you have helped them through. And that they would remember that their greatest fear and their greatest suffering has been overcome. And so you are powerful enough to get them through this moment. And God, if, if for those in the room that don't know you, God, that are just exploring faith, and they're here suffering, just in the maybe I mean, maybe they're not, but maybe they know someone that is. But God, for those that are in the midst of this flood, God, I pray that that you would, they would know that you are moving towards them. you see them, and you care about them. And today... You want to be a part of rescuing them from that greatest suffering and helping them through the midst of their current suffering. Would you just minister to us now as we respond, Lord?